Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. So, season nine for Album for the Day, we're going to do self titled albums. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about self titled albums is it may be their first recording, it may not be. They may have waited nine albums to do a self titled <laughs> album. And these but, are the things we discover. And the, uh, the thing I love about the self-titled concept is a lot of times it really shows you who the artist is, you know, and that's why they made it their self-titled they album. They felt that confidently about this content that they were like, what else can we mm-hmm. call it? This is who I am as yeah. an artist. Signature. Awesome. Album for the day, February the 9th, is Garbage. No, it's literally the band Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> Not making a judgment that early. Yeah, right. Well, that's kind of how they got their name, so, you know, it's cool. Recorded in April of 1994 through May of 1995 at Smart Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, and released August 15th of 1995 on Almo Sounds in North America and Mushroom Records in the UK. This is the first album from Garbage. Almo Sounds is Herb Alpert and Jerry Moss sold uh, A&M Records, but they wanted to recreate the original concept of A&M as a small boutique label. And Garbage was one of the initial artists signed to Almo Sounds. Hmm. Um, Butch Vig was providing remixes for U2, Nine Inch Nails, Depeche Mode, and House of Pain with Steve Marker who he founded Smart Studios with, and Duke Erickson, who Butch had been in Spooner with in the Madison area, and they'd been using different instrumentation and focusing on new guitar hooks and bass lines and actually formed the band to translate that remix sensibility into a band format. Yeah, and... Like the how they redid everything, they moved everything around, and then they made this accidental pop album. <laughs> yeah, and it, to me, I feel like based on you know that being what they went into it to do, this is a hundred percent successful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They sold millions of records. There, of course, it was successful. Well, they were t- I, the thing that's weird to me is that like their jobs were like rearranging music and like like remixing and doing this thing then they get this band and then they're like they literally would take ideas and completely deconstruct them until they were no longer what they were even originally working with and made this album out of that i mean it's just like i used to buy cd singles and i heard some of the stuff in it that was the cool thing about some of those remixes is it wasn't anything like the original song yep it was like a whole different experience whole, and that's and this is why this is like and this out al- this album has everything it's like they almost wanted to be this alt rock with this you know uh you know they had young, a great formula. young young girl singer that well, has this airy see that's quiet the thing voice they didn't know what they were missing and then they were like oh there's shirley manson mm. And she's so Shirley awesome. Manson had been in a band called Goodbye Mr. McKenzie since 1984. Yeah. And in 1993, several of the members of that band formed a side project called Angel Fish, in which Shirley Manson sang all the songs. 
and Steve Marker saw the only airing of their video, Suffocate Me, on 120 minutes in the middle of the night and tracked her down, got her to audition for the band. Jay and I are very familiar with 120 Minutes, having been up at late hours during our younger days. Yes. Um, 120 Minutes is what it says. It was two hours of pretty cutting-edge stuff, and Mm -hmm. it was stuff that you wouldn't see. Experimental, we'll call it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely outside-the-box stuff that Mm -hmm. you wouldn't see like the entire rest of the week. And things you might only see once. Apparently, yeah. And, but this is a great example but of. I guess that's all it takes. This uh, this album, they were trying to be this alt rock thing, and then they, but because the, there's elements of everything, there's elements of punk, funk, techno, rock. Uh, you know, kind of. It's all. It's, in a, there. it's all kind of this mesh that they just blended up and cut and pasted, and they diced it apart. And some some edges are really sharp. And some edges have been whittled down really smooth, and it's just like well, this to blending. Hear Butch Vig break it down how they did it. Um, yeah, the, makes it sound very formulaic. Like he, the recording was delayed because he was producing "Let Your Dim Light Shine" from Soul Asylum, hmm. and the songs were getting pieced together in the studio because of that. So he called it a dysfunctional democracy. <laughs> Uh, someone brought a looper sample and loaded into loaded one bar that was the best into everyone's samplers. They would jam on top of that, and then Shirley would ad lib some vocals. Hmm. And often, all the original ideas were gone, and the song had somehow mutated into something completely different. Hmm. So, yeah. The thing, then the thing, the thing that gets me about this as well is like that the glossy production that was put on to f- the finished product. Like once they got all these samples and they cut and chopped and did all these things to make these different sounds and make these songs completely change, and they'd have this one bar, they'd change it and blah blah blah. Then they'd have this whole song. Well, then they'd go and they'd make this completely slick, like post production to make this seamless, you know, thing out of but it. But the thing about it was is. It all started out super derivative mm-hmm. and ended up completely, completely original. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's another good. They're electronically enhanced pop songs. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a, a, a fun record story for you on this one. Um, Vow was released as the first single because it was the only song completely finished when Volume Magazine had to have something for its sampler that was negotiated by Mushroom Records. So it was released December of 94 in volume, and on March 20th of 1995, uh, they put out a limited edition 7-inch vinyl uh, backed with Val Torn Apart, which was the band remixing their own song. Hmm. And they packaged it in an embossed aluminum sleeve. Uh, they pressed a thousand of them. Only nine hundred and thirty-four were for sale. It sold out in one day. I did look it up. There are still some sealed copies of it available oh, wow. for under a hundred dollars. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but Check it's a seven out. inch. Yeah, yeah, but still, it's pretty cool to have. That's a piece. Of, that's that's a that's a cool record to have. That's a cool record to have. Oh no, it's especially super with neat. the casing and all that. That's a cool one to have. 
but I I think that what's crazy about this album is the amount of darkness that's really in it. Like, I mean, the lyrics for Vow are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Shirley talks about how she was in kind of a dark place. She kind of took all of these songs and like it was coming from a very generic almost um like a place she couldn't relate to like she's doing man music and it didn't have anything from her in it so Mm -hmm. she proceeded to make it her own good for her through that that's yeah it's her band really yeah well, I well, she's mean, a part of the band. She should definitely. She's a part of the yeah. band. Her stamp yeah. should be there. Yeah. Not to mention that it's her vocals and yeah. it's she, coming out of her mouth. Yeah. And so yeah, feel, you should definitely feel, feel good about what you're feel doing. Feel the words that you're singing. Exactly. Yeah. So she was feeling some dark stuff, and it definitely comes out in here. Yeah. I mean, but they they deal with such interesting stuff. I mean, there's a song called Queer. There's a song called Milk. Mm. Um, my lover's box and. Mm-hmm. A stroke of luck. Uh, I love that. As song. heaven is wide. Yeah, and then there's stupid girl, and yeah, there's actually three versions of this album on Spotify. Um, there's the regular original release, then there's the special edition, and then there's the here's every single thing that came from that specific period of our history that's very cool yeah i think it was about 60 tracks but what was interesting is it's got all the different incarnations like we've talked about different albums before where Mm -hmm. like the van morrison moon dance one where they put out you know 60 tracks worth of stuff and it kind of shows you the progression of how they did that and it was like that in the beatles um yeah anthology stuff too you could see bob dylan's cutting edge exactly yeah and so it's fun to see if you're a real big fan it's fun to watch where a song started mm-hmm. and how they ended up with, and you kind of get that feel for this didn't even end up anywhere like what we started doing it as. Very cool. Well, uh, well, today's album for the day today, uh, uh, February the 9th, is Garbage. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at album the number four of the day. Give us a follow, subscribe wherever you listen to us, and feel free to shoot us a request at album for the day at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. You stupid girl. Ah, uh, <laughs> stupid girl. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit Add to Queue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woohoo!